You're listening to Orange Blaze, a Florida Trail podcast. It looks a lot like um, all recipes, like a recipe grid. Okay. So you can filter all the recipes so you can pick out. If you're looking for a breakfast, you click on breakfast. If you want it to be cook or no cook, you click on that. If you want it to be gluten-free, you click on that. And then it shows you all the recipes that fit that criteria. Um, and any of those that you think are going to be your favorites, you save those into your favorites list. So after you do that a few times, you have all your favorite foods, um, your recipes, then you go to your meal plans, and then you just pick and choose which food you want. And we also have hundreds of commercial foods, too. So regular, if you don't want to make all breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you can pick all these other foods that you store-bought. That was Aaron Owens Mayhew, a registered dietitian and ultralight long-distance backpacker. And I'm Misty Little, host of the podcast. We're deviating just a bit this month to talk about something that affects all backpackers, food. We dream of it as we're hiking, thinking about the next town stop, and between planning for where we're going to find our next water source, what's in our food bags or canisters is on our minds constantly as well. Last spring, Erin was traveling through Florida, which is how she caught my eye on Instagram, and after following some of her hikes in Florida, I realized she was a trove of nutritional information. Erin has nearly 20 years of experience under her belt as a hiker and nutrition expert. In 2017, she quit her job and began preparing for her first thru-hike. During this process, she realized how uniquely qualified she was to plan and prepare meals for outdoor athletes and decided to put her skills to the test. She founded Backcountry Foodie, an online ultralight recipes and meal planning platform that same year. Since then, Erin has dedicated her career to helping thousands of hikers enjoy delicious meals and improve their performance in the backcountry. She focuses on ultra-light, low-volume recipes and meal plans specifically formulated for endurance athletes. Which, hey, if you're a long-distance backpacker, you are most definitely an endurance athlete. She and her husband, Chris, now run Backcountry Foodie from their Sprinter van while living in the wilderness full-time. I had a chance to check out the recipe index that Erin has created, and it is drool-worthy. It will put your ramen and Pop-Tarts meal planning to shame. Not that there's anything wrong with some junk food on the trail, but Erin has created something special with her recipe index. Now, I admit, I haven't had a chance to actually prepare some of these, but they sound very delicious. And some of them were like cheesy ranch noodles and buffalo pasta salad and lemon blueberry oatmeal. And that oatmeal absolutely looks like it would put your oatmeal packets to shame. Erin is also offering listeners a 20% off coupon code at backcountryfoodie.com for basic and premium memberships. Just use the code at checkout to take part in that and begin planning your meals for your next long distance hike. All right, on to the episode. Well, yay, we're finally getting to chat. It's been uh, one thing after another this year, which I mean, makes sense for 2020. So (laughs) when I just thought about it, it's like, I think it's almost been a full year that we've been trying to schedule this. Yeah, I think it was like April or something that we started connecting. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So, actually, so where you're, you're in Colorado now, right? Absolutely. Actually, no, we're now in Tucson, Arizona. Oh, okay. <laughs> what I was just mentioning is that um, our heater broke on us. So, we are now down in Tucson where it's quite a bit warmer because we're having a problem with condensation in our van. The just the moisture overnight, freezing and thawing and freezing and thawing, um, that now we're out down in Tucson hoping to dry everything out until we can go back to Colorado, which is now home base, probably in the spring. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I think we'll get to all of that, but I guess maybe we can back up and maybe you can introduce yourself. Who are you? Where you're from? uh, Your travel companions? And I mean, how this backcountry foodie thing began? 
Okay, well, I'm Erin Owens-Mayhew. I'm a registered dietitian and ultralight long-distance backpacker. I've uh, been a dietitian for almost 20 years, a backpacker for almost that long. Um, I live in a van full-time, a sprinter um, that's got about 60 square feet inside with my husband and our dog. Um, so it's tight quarters, but we still yeah. leave each other. We get along really well. We're running a business <laughs> together full-time, so we've been in it almost two years years um and we're not moving into a house anytime soon so this is our lifestyle we live primarily in the wilderness um we only go into town when we absolutely have to which is kind of funny now i feel like i'm leading like a posh through hiker lifestyle <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we, call, we call them resupply days we literally we go in we go to the grocery get our mail take a shower and any other errands and then we leave immediately so um that is now our new lifestyle we love it um as for backcountry foodie that came about back in 2017 when I had my midlife crisis. I was turning 40, unhappy at work, driving two hours each way to my job. Um, just one thing after another, I was miserable. So I just decided I'm fed up, I'm done, I need a break. So I quit my job that was really secure and paid well and <laughs> decided to through hike the PCT, not having any idea what I was going to do when I got home. Um, and in preparing for that, I was using my dietitian skills because I knew I couldn't eat uh, Pop-Tarts and ramen and honey buns and those things every day on the trail. Um, I've always been an athlete. Just prior to the trail, I'd been running long distance um, trail runs. So I knew I needed to eat a lot of food just based on how I was having a hard time keeping my weight on doing those kinds of things. Um, so I started kind of figuring things out and realized that traditional hiker food is not necessarily nutritious, depending on what you pick. And it's typically pretty heavy. So once I added up, I needed about 5,000 calories a day. I added all that up. I was like, I physically can't carry that much food. Yeah. That's a lot of food. Yeah. <laughs> and nor is my backpack going to hold all that food um, because I started doing trial runs with that. So I really started panicking. And I was like, okay, I'm a dietitian. I got to figure this out. I know food. And I'm not going to lose a ton of weight like a lot of hikers traditionally do. I'm not going to go home as a dietitian because I lost too much weight. But that's just yeah. not an option yeah. for me. <laughs> um, so I played around in the kitchen for a while. And then I ended up developing my own line of recipes and my own style of meal planning, which I call ultralight meal planning. And essentially what that is, is I've maximized every single bite of food that goes into my mouth. Um, so I call it combination foods where like every bite has some sort of carb, protein, or fat in it. So that you actually eat less food and getting all the nutrition you need. So what then happens, because I've maximized all that, is the food that you take is smaller. It weighs less. tends to cost less because you're buying less. Um, needs less water. So all these kinds of things all add up. So now that has turned into a full-time job for both my husband and I. Um, and we just launched version two of our meal planning platform last Monday. Um, so yeah, so it's working really well. And that's kind of what my new, I went from clinical dietitian for almost 20 years to now living in a van yeah. in the wilderness, making backpacking food full time. <laughs> okay. So I guess I have a couple of questions on everything you just said. The first one is, yeah. so what's a dietitian versus like a nutritionist versus some of the other things related to food health out there so people can understand what, what your specialty is? Yes. So there's quite a bit of difference. Um, to be a dietitian, you actually have to get a bachelor's degree. Uh, a four-year degree, you have to do an internship and pass a credentialed exam. And starting, I believe, in a couple years, you have to even have a master's degree, oh, wow. uh, which I have. Yeah, which I have. So to be a dietitian, you have to do all those things. And every five years, you have to maintain quite a bit of continuing education. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. I've had seven years of education to do what I do. Um, and plus a fellowship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to 
to be a nutritionist, anybody essentially can be a nutritionist. You could read a book on nutrition and call yourself a nutritionist. Um, so there's no required education, nothing like that, no continuing education, those things. Then there's a nutrition coach, which typically is some sort of certification, but they've not necessarily gone to a program that's certified or credentialed or those kind of things. It's usually more of a term overall health kind of nutrition. Whereas I've been taught how to do the really clinical things, like if you have cancer or diabetes or GI problems, those kind of things where I can do like tube feedings, um, that's not oh. something a nutrition coach can do. That's called, what I do is called medical nutrition therapy. It's something insurance can bill. Um, so it's just a different level of, I guess you could say, acuity or um, I don't know what another word it would be, but that's the difference between like a coach and actual dietitian. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I, I knew one of them had more qualifications than the other, but I couldn't remember off the top of my head, which one was what, but, and I figured obviously you did had a lot of qualifications. <laughs> it was probably the yeah. dietitian, but mm -hmm. uh, for other people out there who may not uh, know, and plus, I mean, you're, you're, you have this website and they probably want to know like, okay, you know, what is safe about this? And if they're telling me this, is it okay? So um, I wanted to put that out there as well. Well, it's actually something that I encourage people to do when they're reading about nutrition online is look to see who wrote that article to make sure that person has some kind of training behind them, because that's one of the reasons why we created our site is there's so much misinformation out there is that I wanted to create a place where people can go and know that this is trustworthy science-based information that um, we've done the work for you essentially to make sure that it's accurate. Right, right. So on that first PCT hike, what, uh, I mean, were you getting like odd looks from people like you're eating all this like healthy food and they're all, they're eating their honey buns and pop tarts? Were you getting weird looks or how did that go about? This is actually kind of funny too. Um, and this started really early on in the trail is that I had just started an Instagram account, not having any idea what I was doing. I was just kind of posting food about things, but um, people were like, oh my gosh, like this girl's figured out. She's got this really awesome food. So what they would do is hikers were following my Instagram account to see where I was on the trail and they would stay just far enough behind me to get whatever I didn't eat out of the hiker box <laughs> and take my, <laughs> take my food. Or I would meet somebody on trail or my trail family would be like, hey, you want to like swap out? Like there would be times, I like Snickers. There would be times I'd want a Snickers and I'd swap out with something else that I didn't want necessarily that day. I'd be like, hey, I'll swap your Snickers for my homemade meal. Um, so those kind of things would happen. But yeah, that started out early on. It was really kind of funny. That is but funny. I, I was known as like the foodie and like, where's Erin today? Like <laughs> I want her food. <laughs> so I, yeah. So, I mean, when you did that hike and you had this midlife crisis, how did you turn it into, I mean, it's taken several years for you to get where you are today, but what are the steps be between all of that? You're, you're developing the recipes. What goes into all of that? Like, I mean, I'm sure tons and tons of time spent, you know, trying to cook up these recipes and manage to make them stable for the backpacking world. Um, a lot of time and a lot of stomach aches, to be honest. <laughs> when you spend 12 hours a day in a kitchen trial testing recipes, you can end up with a lot of stomach aches, but that's because I'm mixing so many different ingredients together and I don't really know the recipe on the first try. There's times like some of the recipes will take me four or five times before I get it right. Um, so there's a lot of that. I spend a lot of time in the kitchen just tinkering around um, all the recipes. Again, being a dietitian, they're all in my software program. I have professional grade software where I'm making sure all the proteins are right, the carbs are right. I'm not just putting ingredients in a bowl and mixing them. I'm actually thinking about everything that's going into the recipe to make sure there's enough fiber and all those kinds of things too. 
I'm even looking at like anti-inflammatory ingredients now because I know there's a lot of older hikers that are like really concerned about that. So that's something I'm really focusing on now. Um, so, and the progression wise, it started out with just the tinkering. And then when I got back, it turned into creating my first cookbook. Um, so that came next. And then I realized that I'm not a cookbook publisher and we had a hard time getting it published and all those kinds of things. And people were wanting more than just recipes. They were wanting actual more help with how to do what I do. Um, so then that led into kind of where we are more now, where we're providing like more of the education along with the recipes. Um, and then the transition from where we were then to now is I didn't know how to do all, all the marketing and the accounting and the business yeah. management things. And that's when Chris, my husband, was like, okay, I'm not happy at my job anymore. So why don't I quit and take on all those pieces? So that's made a huge difference in letting us get where we are today because I was really stuck at that point. Um, so now that he's taken on all that, he's now learned how to custom code websites. Um, so he designs wow. all that now by scratch. Yeah, the new yeah. site is all him. It was a blank WordPress page. Um, so I'm really proud of him. It was, it was quite the feat. So, um, so yeah, so that's where we are today. And then the next step, if we can pull it off, is we're going to start making the recipes and selling them as right. pre-made meals. Okay. So we're not done yet. We've still got more growing to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And I was actually on the website today because I hadn't been on in a few months and I, it has changed even since I had last seen it. And it seems you have even a more of um, help on the back end. Other, you have other folks supporting you than when you did a few years ago. And how, how does that all come together? Yeah, and I'm super thankful for our team now um, because, again, it's all, it was always me, then it was Chris, and then we realized we needed more help. So we have – I've got to count them up now. I think there's 10 of us now. I think we have, including myself, five dietitians um, because there's just so much content that I wanted to write and share with people I couldn't physically do it all on my own. Um, and then there were things that I didn't have experience with that people were asking questions, so we hired people that had that – they could fill those gaps – um, so we have all the dietitians. We have a trail, um, I guess, an FKT expert. I'm not going to give her away her name just yet, but we have a really awesome professional hiker. I guess you could say that's going to give us a lot of pro tips okay. that she's going to kind of sprinkle throughout the new meal planning site that's coming. We're super excited about. Um, then we hired um, Inga Exadmit. Um, she wrote The Hungry Spork. So she's helping with a lot of like the dehydrating things. She's helping with a lot of those kind of meal prep things that she has a lot of experience with. Um, so we're using her expertise. Um, we're even adding on some nutrition coaches. So some of those dietitians that are writing content are also going to help with coaching. So again, the one, the people that want to do more like weight maintenance or weight loss in preparation for their trip. I don't have experience with that. So we have somebody that can help with that. Um, okay. It has somebody else that does like elite nutrition. I don't do that. I'm like your everyday hiker. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we have somebody that does like, if you want to do an FKT, like she can help you figure out how to get to that point. Um, then we have somebody else that likes to do like diabetes kinds of things. So she can help with those. Um, and then if we're really going forward, we have a PT that's going to help us kind of do the whole picture uh, if you get injured, like what do you need to do when like you're on trail and you find out that you're feeling like you're injured? How do you keep from getting injured? Um, then that person's going to work with our dietitian to make sure like nutrition is good at the same time. Um, so we're really working on like this really holistic kind of approach um, right. to nutrition and staying healthy on trail. Right. Okay. Yeah. So say someone comes to you and they say maybe they've done it through hike and they've done it the through hiking way, you know, <laughs> everybody eats. Uh, or maybe they just are, they've seen all the people doing, doing it the through hiking way, but they don't want to do it that. What are some of the first steps you tell people 
to get their nutrition in line? Like, what are the basics for them? For me, the basics are take what you eat at home into the backcountry with you. There's no reason why you should go from most hikers typically eat fairly well at home. They tend to take care of themselves and do things like that. And then it's just what was so struggling a struggle for me is like, why am I completely changing how I eat when I hike when I'm stressing my body way more than I do on a normal day at home, you know? Yeah. So I take my regular food with me. So let's say in the morning I'm a big fan of yogurt and granola and berries. So that is my breakfast when I go hiking. I just use freeze dried yogurt, granola, and freeze-dried berries. Same thing. Um, we like a lot of pasta at home. So I take a lot of pasta, a lot of pestos. You can take ramen with like some olive oil, basil, Parmesan cheese, and some garlic. Those are all normal ingredients. It's nothing like over the top that you have to buy all these fancy freeze-dried, you know, powders and those kind of things. Just take regular food. Um like desserts instead of just taking regular pudding take pudding and add some extra like coconut to it some extra fruit some other things to add a little more nutrition to it and especially like oatmeal instead of taking a packet of oatmeal add some maybe pecans and some blueberries and i don't know some whole milk powder you know peanut butter or something else to boost it up um so i really promote just kind of eating normal food just in a dehydrated form okay okay so and how do they get started with that i guess now with your website um is it is it an app like I'm thinking I was looking at it a little bit is it kind of like my fitness pal and that sort of situation where you can just toggle between foods and log your your macros and figure out you know between meals how does that work so the way the site's designed right now is it's primarily like it looks a lot like um, all recipes, like a recipe grid. Okay. So you can filter all the recipes so you can pick out. If you're looking for a breakfast, you click on breakfast. If you want it to be cook or no cook, you click on that. If you want it to be gluten-free, you click on that. And then it shows you all the recipes that fit that criteria. Um, and then any of those that you think are going to be your favorites, you save those into your favorites list. So after you do that a few times, you have all your favorite foods, um, your recipes, then you go to your meal plans, and then you just pick and choose which food you want. And we also have hundreds of commercial foods, too. So regular, if you don't want to make all breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you can pick all these other foods that you store-bought. Um, so you make a list of all those favorites, and it's just a drag and drop. You just click on what do you want to eat today, drag it into your meal plan, and as you're doing that, it adds up how many calories, how much protein, how much it weighs. It does all that for you. Um, so you know exactly in real time, like what's going in your food bag. Wow. Um, so we're super excited. Yeah. We worked really hard on it and we're really like super, ex yeah, we're excited. Um, yeah. cause it's really easy to use. Um, and then you can create as many meal plans as you want. So, and you can save them forever. So let's say you're just starting out, you're doing a three day trip, create a three day one. If you're doing a through hike one, create like a seven day one. Um, and the thing is they pull up really easily on your phone. So you can also click shopping list. So you just push shopping list and it generates a whole shopping list for you so you can click on the food so let's say it says you need garlic and i don't know some strawberries but let's say you already have plenty of ramen and garlic at home you click on those and they disappear so you only see what you truly need on your shopping list which is really okay. nice okay. Um, so really it, it's automated everything we do it all for you it's just wow. a matter of sitting down picking out what sounds good dropping it in your basket and then you're ready to go right perfect Okay, so a big a big question of all this would be all of the the waste, uh, like plastic waste when you're backpacking. So this seems like it might be a little more cumbersome uh, in that respect, but how does that work and how do you get around all of that waste that you may be, since you're preparing a lot of these foods instead of, you know, buying prepackaged meals, it sounds like it could be a little bit more costly and could be more wasteful. Um, is that the case or is you getting away, uh, getting around that at all? 
I think less um, because well, the prepackaged meals, a lot of those cannot be recycled. Um, whereas Ziploc baggies can actually be recycled. Um, if you go to plasticfilmrecycling.org, you can actually find grocery stores in your area that will take the plastic bags. Um, so what I do to avoid this, I'm, when I first started through hacking, I was using plastic and throwing all that away. And once I realized how many hundreds of bags I was throwing away, I was like, something's got to change. So I now I no longer cook in those bags. I wash and reuse them over and over and over again until they fall apart. Um, so what I've switched to is using a silicone bag. Uh, everything we do is freezer bag. Um, just add in some water, stir it up, and it's done kind of thing. Um, so I use silicone bags over and over again. You cook in a pot, then you're not using the plastic. You can reuse those at home. Um, we don't eat bars anymore just because I'm so burnt out on bars that I tend to do trail mix. So I'm not having all those extra wrappers. Um, or you can make your own bars at home or do those kind of things because right. there's that micro trash of, you know, every yeah. time you tear off a little piece, it can go somewhere. Yeah. Um, so those kind of things. Um, but like I was saying, a lot of these ingredients you probably already have at home. So you already have these, so you're not buying extra packages of things. You're already using things that were in bulk. Um, like you probably had spaghetti noodles at home. You probably already had garlic at home. You probably already had Parmesan cheese, you know, those things. So you're not really buying extra packaging. But yeah, I do agree. There's a lot of plastic that's out there, unfortunately. Um, yeah. and we're actually, we're trying some biodegradable bags right now. We quite haven't found any that the consumer can buy because, again, we're going into the food production business. So right. these are things you have to buy on, like, packs of 5,000. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're hoping if we can figure it out, we would like to be able to have those available to consumers because they are so more environmentally friendly. Um, so, yeah, we're not we're not fond of plastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I figure once you start doing things in a more, more holistic way, you, you the plastic and the waste kind of falls into that category where you're wanting to reduce that as well. Yeah. So, um, so, okay. They're on your website. They've created the meals. Um, do they need a dehydrator? What do they need? Any kind of special equipment to create your meals? Nope. They're nope. really that easy. Uh, okay. And what's really funny is that prior to all this, I hated to cook. <laughs> so there's a reason why I do dry ingredients based recipes because they are so easy. It's just taking dry ingredients, dumping them in a bag and zipping it up and you're all done. Um, I don't do a lot. I think there might be five recipes out of the 175 that you prepare fresh and then completely dry. Um, so there's very few that require that kind of thing. Um, the only reason you'd really need a dehydrator is if you wanted to save money and dry your own fruits and veggies or dry your own pasta, those kind of things. It would be more of a, a cost kind of efficient thing. Um, but to use our recipes, you don't have to have a dehydrator or any special equipment. Just okay. measuring spoons and measuring bowls. And actually, so, I don't even use measuring bowls a lot of the times because I just dump it right into the bag. <laughs> <laughs> so then most of the, the dried materials that you're getting, is it stuff people had to buy in bulk from other websites or can they find a lot of this stuff at the grocery store? A lot of it. And we've transitioned to that, too, for that very thing um, is a lot of like Trader Joe's is an awesome place to get freeze dried uh, fruits in small packages. And even, again, I'm very frugal, so at the dollar store, believe it or not, if you check on the snack aisle, they'll have, like, little snack packs of frozen, mm -hmm. or excuse me, freeze-dried fruit and those kind of things. Um, so you can buy things in small packages. Um, if you're okay with shopping on Amazon, they sell quite a few brands that have small packages, so you don't have to buy in bulk. Um, but the one thing that... If you do buy in bulk, it's actually more cost effective. It feels really bad up front. But if you do have a vacuum sealer, those ingredients will last for several seasons. Yeah. Um, so if you are going to be a regular backpacker, just make sure you reseal them up immediately. And you can use those for a couple years. Um, yeah. But if you don't seal them up, especially freeze-dried, they're going to absorb the moisture from the air. And then they just get all mushy and they don't have that right, same right. kind of crunch. But Yeah, yeah. we are religious uh 
uh, vacuum sealers, especially for our meats. <laughs> it yeah. prevents the freeze burn, and it's just a lot. It's just a lot better. So, no, I was gonna ask: Are you vegetarian, or do you eat meat as well? Um, we're pes- we're vegetarian. I guess pescatarian. We eat tuna and some okay. fish from time to time. Um, okay. But yeah, we primarily do a vegetarian diet. Okay. Now, and I haven't perused your whole website, but do you have? Uh, I guess probably a lot of your meats would be like probably chicken and tuna packets sort of situations like what else would you do for meats on the trail and actually that's one drawback right now is that we only have vegetarian recipes um but they're easy you can always add in a packet of tuna you could always add in some freeze-dried chicken you could always add in they're just not nutritionally the numbers aren't added in there because i've already figured out how to do it without the vegetarian with the vegetarian proteins and then it's actually i've done it strategically too there's reason it's not just because we're vegetarian it's that actually vegetarian proteins are cheaper they tend to weigh less like a packet of tuna is really heavy yeah so i've done it nutritionally i've done it for weight i've done it for cost um so and then they tend to be more moldable for bear cans like a packet of tuna right like jerky doesn't mold very well yeah (laughs) so i've designed them specifically to like squish in your bear can really well so there there's a reason behind it other than like i said just being a vegetarian Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they're designed to have enough protein for endurance athletes too. So you're not going to go shy of protein by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) It just came to me when I was thinking about that in the the vacuum ceiling. I was like, wait, about me? Hold on a second. Um, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Add it in as you want. I just haven't done all the math for it. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds good. I mean, I think it's pretty easy for people to pick up, you know, extra tuna or whatever they want uh, if they need it. Have you had any? People have followed your meal plan for a through hike and come back like ranting and raving. Like, what have the reviews been like for people who have been able to follow your your plans? So far, it's really been exciting. People have come back and be like, uh, "All my friends wish I was eating the way I was." <laughs> 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 they be like, "Wow, like, why did? How did you pack all that awesome food?" And people have said that the clients that I've I do custom meal planning for people too. So um, when I have one on one clients, they've talked about. I don't bonk now because we figured out like how many carbs they need in a day. They're recovering better because we got enough protein in their diet. Um, so they're just overall feeling better. Um, and they're resupplying and actually looking forward to what's in their box and that's necessarily seeing like, Oh, there's another bag of oatmeal, you know, <laughs> there's <Yeah>. another, <laughs> another package of plain ramen. <laughs> right. Um, so people have been really excited about it. Okay. Yeah. I, I was actually thinking before this, uh, before a chat, I was thinking, you know, I went, it was almost almost 3,000 miles before we had a Pop-Tart or before we had ramen. It was just, they were just two things. We just did not, it didn't appeal to us. We didn't want to join the backpacking world on that. But then we had a resupply that there was just a, not a lot there. It was like a really backcountry, like grocery store situation. And I'm like, I guess we're going to have the Pop-Tarts. I guess we're going to get ramen. Yeah. And, you know, we had it and I was like, this, it just did not sustain me. And I, I know that like a lot of sugar in the morning just didn't do well for me and, I was like, I can't wait till we get to somewhere I can get real food, <laughs> real food again. get something again, and because it's just not working. And I just didn't understand after I had that. I was like, I don't understand how people fuel themselves on that for 2000 miles. I mean, different bodies, I guess, too. But also, maybe they're also suffering and not saying anything. So I don't know. Um, well, that's the thing. I think a lot of people are suffering and realizing that not realizing they don't have to suffer. Yeah. Um, is that I think it's just become that's the way it is. Like through hiking is just tough. You're gonna lose weight. You're gonna be sore. Like it doesn't have to be that way. I think people are just in that mindset that that's the way it is. So that's kind of my goal is to get people to switch their gears and kind of think differently. Like I can maintain my weight, and I know a lot of people through hike to lose weight. 
So you can get fit and not lose a ton of weight. So there's a difference in getting fit and losing, becoming emaciated kind of thing. Um, So it's just a mindset. Yeah, definitely. Like, it seems like more often it's the guys that become the emaciated. I see the women not nearly as nearly so. And I don't know if it's just the way our bodies are different or, or if they're eating differently, but I do know that has, that, that was a problem from what I saw. So. Yeah, that's pretty typical. And I think that guys, their calorie needs tend to be quite a bit higher than women. Um, And I'm guessing that guys probably are eating similarly to women just based on the kinds of foods that are out there. So they're just more calorically deficient. Uh, And our bodies are different too. So, I mean, just muscle versus fat mass in general from males to females. Right, right. So, you know, okay, say somebody wants to do all of this, but they're like, they just can't see spending the money or doing the planning uh, what are the pitfalls of trying to just DIY this on your own honestly I think it's a lot more work trying to do it <laughs> on your own because you're having to figure it that's why we're building the services we're really trying to do it all for you to make it super simple um, because I think that's one of the reasons why people are eating the way they are on trail because it is really easy to go and pull off some quick processed foods off of the grocery store shelf um, and it's cheap but you're also going to feel not as good and you know, i mean you're going to get what you buy essentially you're going to feel as good as what you buy um so i think it actually takes a lot more work to do it by yourself um to have to look up all the resources look up all the recipes and hope that you find recipes that you like whereas we've kind of already done all this stuff for you um and then i mean if you really don't have time or the energy or just want somebody else to do it for you that's what we do too we have one-on-one coaching where we do all of it you just tell us what you want and we write it all up and you're ready to go Okay. And so, so, I mean, now you have the app, but your ultimate goal is, it sounds like you want to be, I don't know, the next backpackers pantry sort of situation, but it'd be a bit different brand where you're selling it to, I guess, retail stores and through the website. Is that what your goal is? Well, and I want to be a little different from the other stores too, is that I want to have food that's affordable. Cause I think that's one of the things too, is when I was going doing all these long distance hikes is like I can't afford a $15 meal three days three times you know that's just not an option so that's something we're really working hard on starting to figure out how can we prepare affordable meals in a way that people can actually do this three times a day if they need to for long distance hikes and those kind of things so yeah we will be like a backpackers pantry food but I think our meals are going to be different. I'm not going to tell you how we're doing it yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't, <laughs> I'm not, don't spill I'm not, the secrets. That's I'm fine. I'm not giving away <laughs> the secrets, but we've got something in mind of how we're going to manage this to where it actually is an affordable way for people to eat healthy on the trail. Yeah, well, I'm excited because, I mean, like you said, those meals, we would, my husband and I would split one, and people would look at us like, you're splitting one? I'm like, well, yeah, because we can't afford, like, two yeah. each or one each, you know? Right, you can't. And we split it, and then we'd, like, obviously supplement with, like, gummy bears or something at the end um, for dessert. But, yeah, we were definitely, there was definitely times that towards the end of our hikes where we're, like, still hungry. and like, yep, I could eat, like, some more of that. <laughs> uh, I mean, most of the meals, they say two servings, and they're really not uh, two servings. No. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. So. But they cost two servings. <laughs> um, so you mentioned your book earlier. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about that. What can people get from that that would just help them, like, kind of round out uh, their planning for their meals and backpacking? Would that help them at all still? Um, actually, it's no longer available. Um, okay. So, yeah, we actually had a lot of problems with um, the printer. So it got to be where they were print- misprinting all the time. So we ended up just taking it off the market. So essentially everything that was in the book is now in the membership oh. site. Okay. Um, so nothing's missing. There's even more available now than what we had before. 
Perfect. And all the recipes, yeah, all the recipes are printable in PDF format too. So if you do like like a paper cookbook, you can print them out and have your own cookbook at home. Okay. Okay. Now, do you translate? Do you now that you guys are traveling and living out of a van? Do you use your own recipes a lot? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's times that I use them when I don't feel like cooking a regular meal, (laughs) so we actually eat them here. (laughs) I mean. It works. It works. I mean, I've got a 30 gallon tote of ingredients. There's no reason why I shouldn't like use right. them up. So, <laughs> so I mean, when I wrote the, uh, the, the, the notes up here, you were still sheltering in place in Florida, but in maybe talk, you've kind of been all over the place. You were in Washington state, then you went to Florida for a little, little bit to help your parents. And then you're in New Mexico. Now you're Colorado and Arizona. Um, but you said your home base is going to be in Colorado. Is that right? Right. Yeah. It's 2020 for us. It's been just a crazy year like everybody else. So we're home base previously was in Seattle, um, but we've gone and our families both live in Florida. So we've gone back and forth to Florida three times in almost two years. Um, And we had been living originally, we were going to go to New Mexico. We found like we really love the Santa Fe area. So that's where we were going to kind of set up shop next. Um, But unfortunately, we couldn't get um, the incubator kitchens there. They weren't ready to take us on. Um, So we did a little more research. And it turns out that in Grand Junction, there's this really awesome economic development center and kitchen there that can take us. Um, and they're in a place to where they can help us really grow. So that's, and they've got a lot of awesome van life areas for camping. They've got a lot of trail running, you know, mountain biking. There's just the whole lifestyle there, I think is going to be a good fit for us. Um, the only reason why we're not there right now is we're in the van, um, and it's cold because of the cold, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. So our plan is when we go back, cause we're actually going to buy a camper to put behind the van, but that's going to be better insulated. Um, okay. because it gets into the hundred degrees there in the summer. Yeah. So we're going to need air conditioning. So we're going to get something to have behind the van just for like temperature reasons <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for EC during the summer. And then, you know, a little bit better insulated during the winter, but yeah, we're not buying a house anytime soon. Yeah, no, I, and, I understand. It sounds like, a, a, I mean, there's definitely issues uh, and things that happen with van life. And I know th- it can be just as frustrating sometimes too, but it just sounds awesome too at the same time. So I know a lot of people are probably jealous. <laughs> we, yeah, we truly love it. After Again, we were living in Seattle, having to commute two hours each way. And now that we spend all of our time in the wilderness, I mean, that's where we love. Like this morning, we went on this beautiful walk with all these, the cactus, like on either side of us, you know, it's beautiful, it's sunny day. Um, and if I need to go for like a brain, I call them brain breaks in the afternoon where I'm just like fried and I need to take time out. So yeah. we just go for a walk. I mean, here we're out in the wilderness and I couldn't do that before. When I needed like a break in the afternoon at my old job, you'd have to walk around the block on a cement with all the traffic, you know, the noise. It's really not a break. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, right. So I feel really fortunate that we live the way we do right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to tie this back to Florida a little bit. Did you guys have a chance to do any hiking in Florida on the Florida Trail or uh, any other places uh, while you were in Florida last year? Yeah, we did. And I knew you were going to ask, and I forgot to look up the trails <laughs> that we did. <laughs> Um, because we did, we ended up having to go there for COVID and staying with our family, um, for three months, I think. And then like you said, my dad fell and was really injured. So we stayed there for a while too. So when we could get out, um, oh gosh, there was, we went all the way down to Key West for a while. So I think we did a little section there on the trail down in the Everglades. There was a piece down there. And then there was a section mid Florida. Um, there's a big lake in the middle of the state. What's, uh, Lake Okeechobee? Yes. It doesn't the... 
the Florida Trail go near there? Yeah, it goes around it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. We did a section there. And then we did another section closer to Inverness. I think there's a okay. section yeah. there. Um, and then we did another section north. So I think we did four little sections. Okay. Um, I don't remember the names of each yeah. section. <laughs> but we did. It was really interesting because the trail really varies from section to section. I mean, you go from really marshy to this other, like, more palm tree kind of stuff to, yeah, it was really interesting. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. it's always It always throws people for a loop when they're like, oh, wow, I didn't expect this from the Florida Trail or from Florida at all. Yeah, not at all. Cool to hear from that from people. So yeah, it was really we really enjoyed it. So I don't know that I have the guts to do the whole thing down in the Everglades. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm like I think I'll pass that section, but the the northern part I really enjoyed. (laughs) Well, I was going to ask you any plans for any other longer distance hikes, and you've done parts of the AT and the PCT, and I think you said the Oregon Coast Trail. Is there anything else you have on your agenda? Oh, well, number one, I'd love to go back to the PCT. Um, and But with the business the way it is right now, we can't take that kind of time off. So um, we're looking at doing shorter ones like maybe JMT or Tahoe Rim. Or now that we're going to be in Colorado, I would love to be able to knock out the Colorado Trail. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is my life. This is what I do now. So it's just a matter of now working it around a full-time business that we're running is being able to take that kind of time off again. But. Awesome. Well, I guess where can people, you know, find out more about Backcountry Foodie and follow you on uh, Instagram or any other social media outlets? And do you have any final thoughts? Um, Yeah, you can find us on backcountryfoodie.com. We're on Instagram, like you just mentioned. We're on Facebook. Um, We have a few videos on YouTube that have been pretty popular. People have found fairly helpful. Um, So we're hoping to get back on schedule of doing a lot more of those um, coming up. Uh, final thoughts is it's easier to eat healthier than you think it is. Um, <laughs> just come to us and we're going to help you do it. Um, and I promise if you think a little bit more about your food, you're going to have a lighter bag. You're going to feel better. You're going to perform better. Um, and you'll think less about food on trail and you'll think more about your surroundings. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be less uh, waiting to get to town and ready to eat like the buff- buff buffets. You're going to be excited right. because oh, you've, you've- You've already been eating well. Yeah, Yeah, you've already been eating really well. So you'd be like, oh, wow, like I'm going to go for a swim instead of feeling like my stomach's hurting because I'm so hungry. Right, (laughs) right. Well, thanks, Aaron. I'm glad we made it work out. And um, I'm excited to see where you do with Backcountry Foodie. And, you know, hopefully one day I get back into backpacking as well. And (laughs) I'll be able to, uh, I mean, we do little things here and there, but nothing that's more than an overnight right now. But, uh, definitely like to take advantage of everything you've put together eventually so yeah thank you yeah we've got a lot of growing left to do we're not done yet so yeah <laughs> that's it for my chat with Aaron I hope you were intrigued enough to check out what Aaron has been putting together and maybe level up some of your meals on trail I know I certainly wish I had Aaron's expertise to lean on during our two through hikes you can check out the show notes for the episode at orangeblaze.thegardenpathpodcast.com and find me on Instagram and Facebook as orangeblaze podcast until next time happy hiking